0: oh Matt, you're wearing a shirt. That's weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a Spotify episode, so it's not behind a paywall. So oh yeah. Oh okay. we'll clothes on for that.
0: Cause last uh last time, last week, when we recorded an episode, um you didn't you had a tank top on and uh I saw your arms. I thought, oh it's arm day, it's muscle day. It's you know whatever cliche. I'm not done. Gun show is open. There you go. That's the good one. But uh you, you you're wearing a shirt though. That's new. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What happened last time due to the angle of the camera, I was wearing a tank top. Yeah. Like I was trying to channel some Pat McAfee. But
0: Hold on, angle- hold on, hold on. No what no one who listens to this uh, is gonna know who Pat McAfee is. So. Wow. Well, he's
1: a he's a football guy. It's got a big one of the bigger football podcasts out there, and we were doing our NFL preview episode. Mm-hmm. So I uh said, All right, I'll, I'll channel him. The, the guy he's famous for uh, he, being a little hyperactive, I guess. He wears a tank top and kind of stands up and paces around and talks about God knows what, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, uh, <clears throat> so I was like, I'll wear a tank top and it'll be funny because Peter will not be like, What are you, you know, whatever. but through the angle of the camera and the laptop, it just looked like I would not wearing a shirt. You could see my shoulders, microphone kind of in. So it was just kind of weird. It looked like I just not wear a shirt. And you're and he tied it up in such a way you could tell he was horrified, and it ruined the joke. And I was like, okay. I'm gonna. So I just I went upstairs and put a shirt on. So it didn't really work.
0: I mean, yeah, we weren't recording, but it was just you know the Zoom camera came on, someone just joined the meeting. All right, good, good to see my friend, good to see my buddy. Talk about you know football books, whatever. And then I was like, whoa! up doesn't have a shirt, no shirt, no shirt this time. I didn't know if you had sent like a text message or an email that said, hey, no shirt, no, hey, no shirts, no shirts tonight, and I and I i missed it and i just thought oh man did i miss out because i you know no filter i just said are you wearing a shirt and you go yeah and i didn't see it so the
1: only shirtless book podcast that could be an angle if we ever get
0: desperate yeah man the only shirtless book podcast yeah what hmm. i don't know I might have to workshop that one because i don't know the angle for that. Just attract all the people who
1: uh, are less intellectual, more aesthetically inclined. You know. you know what they call that? Call it the old honeypot. Mm. That's, mm. you
0: you know, that's how you get more ladies to listen. I to think that. that's how you get bears, too. To get the bears, right? The honey? I don't really know. Winnie the Pooh? Winnie
1: the Pooh. Hey, do you think we're only we're how many other podcasts do you think can do, turn around and do an Edith Wharton House of Mirth episode right after their football episode?
0: Well, hey, I think the only way to... Is it a first? Yeah, to do that it's it's is to do it. And with that, another sentence of uh, rambling. Welcome to the Will Be Books podcast about books. And this week, Edith Wharton. I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt Matt, we are heading into uh, the Gilded Age tonight on this Halloween night where we might have trick-or-treaters interrupting our podcast, but hopefully not. We both have our lights off, so uh, don't interrupt. That would be rude. Um, we're heading to the High Society of New York, the pressures of uh, the upper crust, um, we read for uh, last month, The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton was our uh, book that we that was nominated. Then we both selected. We had not, either of us had read e- any Edith Wharton, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And I wanted to start here. I didn't really have uh, too much of a background with her. What were your, like, not so much expectations, but when you heard Edith Wharton, what did you think? Like, Back in the day, before we read this, well,
1: I mean, I'm talking like high school, college. I just wasn't interested because it it seems like the, you know, the presentation of it and just kind of what it's about, Mm -hmm. you know, a dissection of high society of 1905 Mm -hmm. New York just seemed deathly dull. But she'd been popping up a lot in, uh, you know, comparisons to Don Powell and in uh, essays of you know, book critics and reviewers that I like and have read, and she came up a lot as one of the best authors America's produced. You know, and so I figured, hey, it's about time. And I think we both kind of came came to it. We both nominated different Edith Wharton books in our mm-hmm. selection process, so it kind of just felt like time. I'm glad we did. She it's, it's funny.
0: Yeah, it's um, what I'd never you know I hear Edith Wharton before we we read The House of Mirth, and I just thought. I don't know. I I get a picture of like a movie in my head of like a stuffy period piece, you know. um, Yeah. A book about manners and just like the subtleties of a society that I don't know. And to be honest with you, that doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah. Um, But that is not really what this novel is about or what you get, um, I guess, to start with I was shocked about how kind of still relevant this book is yeah in a lot of different ways about uh striving for kind of position and class and the pressures of you know choosing you know you know who you really are versus what you're kind of expected to do all that kind of stuff all that all those elements are in um the house of mirth and I I was kind of stunned by how you could clearly apply this and teach this to a younger generation for, and this book came out in 1905. You know, the past over 100 years, I feel like this book is still relevant. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's relevant.
0: Uh, I think you have to sell it.
1: You know, your 15-year-old your who only likes Hemingway and adventure stories might not be ready for it. But it is good. i I don't, I don't think you can force certain types of things on certain people.
0: yeah, you know,
1: it's a more
0: I wanted to like force the book, but I would say what I, what I took from it was more of the the pressures um, and not so much like high society in New York during the Gilded Age or whatever, you know, the turn the, the you know coming into the twentieth century. It was more about even today, people are pressured into. Um, strive for things that maybe they aren't totally necessarily comfortable with, like money and oh. class and and stature. Yeah. I mean, in this age yeah. of like um, the term influencer and having all this power and sort of, you know, you kind of have to keep up with the Joneses and you know look a certain way and buy a certain product. And if you don't, then you kind of fall behind, and that you. I don't know. I, I feel like that kind of pressure on younger people. Let's let's say, even I think it applies in this book too. The older generations, is yeah, almost timeless as far as, mm-hmm. uh, you're striving to be a part of a quote unquote upper crust society, and the kind of the the pressure you exert on yourself. I think is it, you know, the the settings and the kind of modes of you know, change over time. But I think that desire is still the same. Uh,
1: Well, yeah. So, yeah, it would be the things you have to do and the type of person you have to become to truly fit in to that world may go against who you are as a person or what's healthy for you as an individual. And I think that's kind of what Wharton's playing with while also kind of using our heroine, Lily Bart,
0: goes through. Do you want to give a quick synopsis of what kind of the, the plot of the book is uh, yes
1: I did want to say real quick because you brought it up did you know I ran across this in my research mm-hmm. that phrase keeping up with the Joneses yeah that came from Edith Wharton's family really her maiden name was Jones and they were very wealthy New Yorkers she was born in 1862 mm-hmm. so, so they were very wealthy and the phrase keeping up with the Joneses came from that family which i did not know i didn't know it came from a, an actual wealthy family because i always you know you know what i yeah. thought until a couple days ago i always thought it was the joneses was a generic name
0: oh, okay yeah and yeah.
1: keeping up with the joneses was you know modern post-world war ii suburban americans trying to keep up with their neighbors and it kind of became a consumeristic arms race mm-hmm. that's what i always thought it was yeah, until I was reading about Eith Wharton and I was like, oh, so literal trying to keep up with a literal rich family. It's the meaning still works. It's you know, the phrase would still kind of work in different settings, but I did not know it came from uh
0: Yeah, just the fact the that the last name is Joneses makes it seem like it's a
1: I thought it was a generic generic
0: catch all for everybody. Your neighbors. You try everyone's got up. a neighbor Joneses or whatever is an exactly. implication there. That's yeah, there you go.
1: Apparently not. Who knew? Who knew? Now we know. Whoever wrote the introduction to the Penguin edition of uh, House of Mirth knew.
0: I I have a, uh, I read it in the edition of uh, Library of America, but it's Ooh. a collected four novels, so there's no introduction or anything like that. Man,
1: that's refreshing.
0: It just got, oh, yeah. you just in. Um, so I didn't I have know. like the, um, I think there's some, not, uh, there's some like, there's some stuff in the beginning of the book. Um, like passages that that aren't you know, like uh, what's it called like quotes or whatever from other sources, kind of about. Mm-hmm. Why am I blanking oh. on the? T- you know what I'm talking about? I yeah. don't have it. I just I just starts with chapter one. That's so
1: refreshing. <laughs> so. I used to be. They have the stupid author bio and then the timeline of other things going on.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Like
1: Napoleon escaped from Elba, and also. It's like, okay, that doesn't matter. And then just a 20 or 30 page introduction by some academic. I won't pinpoint and say whether or not I like the Edith Wharton introduction, but just, you know, those types of yeah. introductions to classic works. and they're so boring and they usually give the ending away. Yeah. They need, you shouldn't have them at all. Like if, since we've been doing this, I've been just dipping right into the book itself and maybe I'll get to the introduction afterwards. And it's so much better. The ending mm-hmm. doesn't get ruined. The, the introduction makes more sense once you've read the book. You're like, oh, okay, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. If they're any good. Sometimes it's just some boring college professor and it's not a good introduction. Anyway, that's beside the point, but that must be nice to have an edit because I always, I would always feel compelled. Like I want to read the whole thing, so I'd feel compelled to start at the very beginning, which would include the introduction. I can't tell you oh. how many classic books I haven't read because the introduction is too boring.
0: So I, this has got the House of Mirth is the first one. Uh, then it's got Ethan Fromm and then The Custom of the Country, and then The Age of Innocence. So it's about it's a nice paperback, about twelve hundred pages. It's a cool edition. And the uh, you can see it, but it's it looks cool. The House of Mirth takes about a quarter of the book up. Very it's yeah, it's uh, you usually. I don't get these very often. Like I have a Mark Twain one, but I usually have gotten them with they're the hardcover. With the uh, built in uh, bookmark and stuff like that. But this is the first paperback I've gotten of this, and I like it. It's good. Careful with the spine. Careful with the spine. Hey,
1: you know what I've noticed? They yes. must, all the high schools around here must require Ethan Frome. With oh, no. the used bookstores I've gone to, I'd kind of check to see what other Edith Wharton they have. And it's always
0: seven A copies of Ethan Frome. That's interesting.
1: Like all this, well, it's all the students
0: have to read it, and then they sell theirs. So yeah, that and you can tell when colleges too, like when a course because they'll have the college bookstore sticker. <laughs> so dumb. yeah. All right. Anyway, Lily sure. Bart, what's what what are we okay? What are we dealing with with this? So uh, Lily
1: Bart uh, is line. we're we're talking New York, Upper Crest, New York, 1905. Lily Bart is 29, mm. very beautiful, still a single woman. Basically, she she comes from a family that used to be wealthy and still has the status of wealthy people. So they run in those circles. But Lily's father kind of, I don't want to say squandered. She doesn't go into what actually happened. But they're not materially rich anymore, but they still have the social status to hang in that circle. And so Lily is looking to marry rich so she can keep living the life she's grown accustomed to. And that's kind of where we start. Start. it's a you know like you could the basic elevator pitch would be society manners woman is trying to find a wealthy husband so she doesn't have to live the dingy life her mother lily's mother ingrained it in her you don't want to be dingy mm-hmm. or poor basically so but the catch with lily is she's pretty and very capable of landing a rich husband but she's also and this is what makes her interesting. I actually like her. I think she's a sympathetic character, despite her flaws. She wants to kind of live. She wants to live the life of the upper crust that she's going accustomed to. I can't really blame her for that. Yeah. But she also kind of wants to be free for a, a woman back then. She like she gambles on bridge and s- smokes cigarettes occasionally. So she doesn't really want to marry. All that's left to her are kind of rich but like fat bores or just really boring like Percy Grice like a mama's boy you know it's not easy picking she'd kind of have to
0: I don't know what, what would you call it like I mean she's a little bit she's unusual because you, in this society she should have picked a husband by now mm-hmm. um, and that is causing some the, the the fact that she hasn't has really there's as far as a plot, it kind of spurs things along just because... Yeah, we we start and she's a little desperate. Yeah.
1: And, and she she kind of knows this and she's actually kind of tactically she knows what she has to do as far as, you would even call it like springing a trap, laying a trap for these rich young men so she can marry. But there's something in her which she also kind of doesn't want to do that. And she'll kind of self-sabotage at the last minute. Like she has this um, she has her sights set on this He's kind of a funny character. He, like literally he's a mama's boy, like a rich, but kind of a spoiled, weird, rich kid who's kind of egotistical and really into his, what Americana, he's really into his kind of nerdy collection of Americana, runs everything by his mother, but he's very wealthy and he, when we start the story, she, he is Lily's best option. And so she kind of, she knows how to, how to charm him, how to flirt with him. She's pretty strategic about it. And so she has everything laid out and she knows what she has to do. But at the last minute, well, he's very religious and he wants to go to church and any wife of his would go to church with him. But she, uh, at the last minutes, pretends to be sick and goes to talk to this other man who she gets along with better, who's not as rich, but you know she can kind of be herself around. So, And she kind of savages herself and the marriage between her and percy grice doesn't work out because she kind of she laid the groundwork and got it almost to the finish line and then kind of something in her decides like "Ah,
0: i don't want to she's um wharton does a great job of she's a very complex character um yeah she is throughout the book her reference to her beauty like she's not just beautiful she's like there's power there in her beauty.
1: She's very and, yeah, yeah.
0: And making men um kind of do things that maybe would kind of jeopardize their status, you know, ruin their families possibly. Um, yeah, women yeah, yeah. are I think um, kept at arm's length from her just because of that. She she's she has this sort of um, unstable, I would say, uh position when you meet her and throughout the book um, in this upper crest society, she, yeah. she's always, I don't think she's never comfortable um, with like, you know, her staying power. And as you go along the book, you, yeah. you understand why that, that kind of is. And ultimately, I mean, not to go into too many spoilers, it's, it's the downfall of her in this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean,
1: we'll heads up. We'll spoil yeah. Toward the
0: end but, but just we'll that, give like a little build
1: yeah we'll give a little build up to it so one of her other main problems is like i'll just say as like a shorthand there's something free in her that kind of rebels against what she knows she needs to do which is marry for money if she wants to keep living the lifestyle she grew up in and she does she enjoys it she knows she does she's not really willing to take a step down in the social ladder and work for a living but she's not quite snobby and so whatever the the tension within her that knows she needs to marry somebody she probably doesn't even like for money if she wants to keep living this lifestyle or give it all up and be a bohemian or whatever she doesn't want to do that either so she's kind of it's an interesting character because i think wharton uses it to highlight kind of the foibles and whatnot of upper society but so the free part of lily yeah who rebels against marrying young and stuff. It, it causes her to act in certain ways that people misinterpret. And she kind of sows the seeds of her own downfall, ironically and, and tragically, because she's innocent of the things that society accuses her of. So what she does, I mean, so the opening scene where she meets Lawrence Selvin is kind
0: of the- I would, Lawrence Selvin is sort of the, um, the option the, the warden kind of provides her uh he, lily bart as the, the, you know he's not he's really darcy. He, he's part of the society but he's sort of outside of it and critiquing it in a way he's
1: like lily is he yeah. he's not quite as wealthy anymore but he came from that so he can f- hang in those circles but he's a lawyer mm-hmm. so he doesn't quite have the resources he's mr darcy ish he in in a he he's that kind of The romance in in a romantic comedy, he'd be who she winds up with at the end. He's Mm -hmm. rooting for her to wind up with because more simpatico intellectually,
0: right? Yeah, they would they get along the best. They they have a they don't fit as far as well the the politics of the society. Exactly, you know, like as far as money and power, but as far as like a relationship, that's who she should pick.
1: And that's what I mean. I was rooting for that. Yeah, and in, in a romantic comedy. They would wind up together, but it, it, what happens here? But he can't offer her the resources to live the life she wants. So they kind of just get together and flirt and you can kind of see, oh, they're they'd be good together. but so but he we're introduced to him, and she goes up to his apartment to have tea with him.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: they they literally just have tea. Nothing happens, although in that sort of society, a single woman shouldn't go up to a bachelor's yeah. apartment. But she does it anyway and she enjoys herself and she has a cigarette. It's kind of, you know, she's very risque for for women back then. She comes out and another rich character who's kind of in that milieu, the owner of the apartments, Mr. Rosedale, sees her come out and it kind of starts, so it looks bad. It looks like she's been having an affair with this person and she denies it in kind of a clumsy manner to where the guy thinks like, oh, she, she got caught in a lie, basically. And so the guy assumes, oh, she's." And it kind of, that sort of thing happens to Lily throughout the book constantly. She, she's very innocent. She doesn't, but she gets accused. It, it, rumors kind of start that she's having affairs with these people. Um, she takes money from men who expect things from her, who treat her and give her money the way they would their mistress. Yep. But she's kind of almost naive or uncaring. She just takes the money so she can keep living that lifestyle for another few months Mm -hmm. and doesn't she doesn't do anything with them she's not their mistress but it just it looks bad and the other society people start gossiping and so that's what's really kind of tragedy she's very innocent in her actions but she sows the seeds of her downfall and people get the wrong idea about her and she kind of winds up kicking herself out of the life she wants
0: yeah i mean uh... She's, I. She's a fantastic character because there's, there's so much to like unpack, and there's so many like. Wharton does a great job of just layering it on throughout the novel about she's you know, like you kind of mentioned she questions like these decisions that you know. She's basically the life she wants to lead Has like certain political. When I say political, I mean like the politics of the 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 group. Appearances, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Appearances—you have to do things a certain way. Um, There's some great things where, like, new, like the people who have who are kind of like old stays in this society, and when like someone new comes in, there's often like this weird dynamic of, well, I don't want to meet someone new, or like the new money is trying to figure out how to navigate the landmines in this world because there are just tons of landmines wherever you. Oh yeah,
1: Um, they're very snobby uh that's one of the the the, there's a bunch of people who businessmen like the guy i was mentioning simon rosedale a bunch of people who made money in the stock market or being landlords or whatever who are not from the old like back to the mayflower money Mm -hmm. but they're rich enough to be in that circle but they don't have the social connections there's actually a pretty interesting character carrie fisher Mm-hmm. Her friend lady from Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> her friend was was a pos she's a interesting character and she's a possible she had she was Lily's best option. Carrie Fisher's route. Mm-hmm. So Carrie Fisher is a divorcee who actually kind of did the things Lily was accused of, like had affairs and and whatnot and kind of didn't have the resources after she got divorced money-wise to hang in that circle. But what she did is she used her connections and served as kind of a social liaison to the new money people. So all these new rich people who didn't have access to the, the social world of high society, Carrie Fisher would serve as a bridge. And that, that's basically her job. She would, it's all subtle and unstated and you don't say this outright. Mm-hmm. Right. But she would take favors and money, and then introduce these new landlords or whoever to high society people and integrate them into their circle. And Carrie Fisher kind of literally just told Lily, "Hey, you need to do this. This is your role now, and you can hang. You can, you know, have your foot in both worlds." And Lily didn't have the personality for it. Um,
0: so, kind of I, reading about like some of the reaction to the book. It, part of the reason why this book was praise so much is um and i kind of agree with it wharton writes about a world she knows she's actually part of this um she was like you said she was a part of the kind of upper crust she's jones but she's not i think it would be very easy for this book to to be completely almost not jealous of the upper crust and then just like attacking them you know what i mean so that mm-hmm. it's all just this, like oh look how silly and, and and terrible these people are she's it's uh, it's a some satire some um she's really going into like the motivations of people and the fears of people in this um mm-hmm. kind of upper crust of society where you could easily be displaced or kicked out and, and left uh, like Lily is so that she's Lily Bart is I don't know it she, do you think she actually truly wants um, to be a part of this society or do you think she's yeah. so far down the road that and it, the, the end of the book kind of gets into this that for her to like go into the working life and and live in, in places that she thought, you know, are are quote unquote poor. Do you just think it's your ex, her expectations have hit a point where to, to do anything else is she, or is that a, is that a fault of the care of, you know, is that her failing in in a way? The tragedy,
1: that's her failing. The tragedy of the character is she almost doesn't know any better she could have, I don't think she could, she was a factory girl for a little bit. She couldn't have done, she's not suited for that, but she could have taken a step down and kind of been bohemian a little bit, done a Carrie Fisher role and been with Selden. That was probably, that's almost what you're, as you read, towards the end, you're kind of yelling at both her and Selden, gear act together, you two belong together, all that stuff. But so, so I think, she doesn't know any better. Her mother, you're treated to a few scenes early on, like flashbacks, where her mother tells her to abhor dinginess. She just beat it into her head, we're not dingy, which means, you know, a step down on the social ladder. And so I think the tragedy with Lily is she almost, just because of her upbringing and who she is, she can't fathom taking a step
0: down or changing her
1: lifestyle.
0: It's almost like the society and like those rules like have broken her.
1: It it has broken cuz she doesn't but she's also a decent person so she doesn't yeah. have it in her to to do what it takes to stay there cuz she is afforded a couple opportunities. Yes. And oh, without
0: getting into the weeds too mm. much cuz you could we could describe this for, Yeah, there's I mean it, it gets it's not dead but, but there's a lot of different moving parts as far as Plot. just
1: Lily, as a part of just living a freer lifestyle flirts but doesn't go any further with any men mm. you know and she just kind of takes money god that's well bad. she's pretty innocent but if it, it, it comes to look like she has had an affair with an older wealthy man or two yeah and it turns out that bertha Dorset winds up being kind of the villain even though she's she's doing what she, she she's not villainous in a Disney-style way. You, just, you understand she's, uh, what she's doing. She
0: understands
1: what she needs to do. Yeah. So in a way that Dorset, Lily doesn't. Bertha Dorset does everything Lily is accused of. You know what I mean? That's kind of the irony. She's had a couple of affairs, and she winds up inviting Lily along on these trips to go cruise the Mediterranean or whatever. It turns out, just as a way to distract Bertha Dorsett, to distract her husband with Lily, so Bertha Dorset can have her own affairs, right? And so it comes, Lily is presented at one point in the novel with these letters, love letters, that incriminate Bertha Dorset. And towards the end, Bertha Dorset is the one who's kind of ruining Lily's reputation and standing in the world, and therefore Lily's life. Mm-hmm. And a couple characters, Rosedale, and a couple other characters, come to her and say, "Release the letters." I'll back you financially, but all she has to do to, is to, to turn the tables, regain her standing, and get everything she wants is to re, to release these letters publicly. But that involves screwing over Selden and her enemy, Bertha Dorset. But she can't bring herself to do it. So that's another thing that makes it tragic. She doesn't know any better, and she doesn't have kind of that killer instinct that would be
0: required. Killer instinct is a way of putting it.
1: Right. Well, for and for her to stay, she would need to be like Carrie Fisher or Bertha Dorset or something. She would need to go for the jugular. She's and not she, cutthroat.
0: She's, she's not like, yeah. um, so yep. Yeah. You know, I think she's Gosh. I mean, you just you read the book. I highly recommend people read the book because I, I do think so much of this can apply to any sort of modern day, just like how we're describing about, you know, like people trying to make it Let's, when i think about this i'm like you know, go to hollywood or go to x y and z of, of places where people are you go there and you go you know what i'm gonna make it or i and you know, these are the people i want to be around they're all successful they all appear appearingly look successful right you you wouldn't disagree they all have money they have these yeah. they have seasons where they do things like no one no one really lives like that and i think wharton is kind of hinting that they're kind of silly. All these people, if they actually lost oh, yeah. if they lost their status in this, they couldn't work a normal job. They couldn't they've built up a not a fake reality, but a they kind of have to keep up the appearances of dressing well yeah. and throwing parties or else that'll all collapse in a way. Um so it is a critique of that. But
1: yeah, yeah. I don't want to make we we kind of I wonder if we make it sound almost too much like a soap opera. In our in our uh, retelling of this, but it's it's funny. She's she's making fun of that world. She's not.
0: But but I mean,
1: it's she's she's critiquing that world. And but it's it's
0: more. It's also I. it it is a critique, but it's also it is really a tragic because
1: it winds up being tragic. Lily
0: says things where you're like, ah man, you really shouldn't. uh, Well, but then you're like, you know what? I kind of understand where she's coming from. That's who she is. Um. That's who she is. That's. And, and like you're saying, she's not cutthroat enough, and it, yeah. that 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 is sort of her downfall is that she has one foot in this world and one foot kind of um, who who's you know more likely to choose a Lawrence Selden, someone who's kind of a part of that world, but uh, seems to have his head on straight and can kind of step back and see all these. Foolish people, you know. Yeah, and he <laughs> sees her, are. not even for she. He sees her for who she is.
1: I think he body. sees her
0: potential bigger than just yeah like, looks, and
1: you know, that's the better way to phrase it. Because he sees her as she presents herself to high society and kind of makes fun of it articulately, right? And, and he sees the way she pushes back and sees, oh, there's more there. And then you know, those are the kind of scenes in any romantic comedy because it, it's, it's interesting you could flip the script on this and tinker with the ending and it's a romantic comedy right? it is yeah if it ends happier it's a romantic comedy and her and selvin are destined together and you know in the romantic comedy scene is when they kind of call each other out and they're both kind of still standing like that's that's a trope of the rom-com and so they do that in your first time through you're like oh okay good like this is who she's going to wind up with he sees her true he sees who she could be and they're going to wind up together but you know of course the
0: yeah the, it's the, it's, the it's a very hard book to pinpoint uh, like what yeah. kind of book is is, there, wharton, is it wharton manners it's a social is satire is it no, uh a it's a romance, all these things and i think all it, that stuff it it's not one of those things. It's yeah. kind of all of them at once. Let uh, me say.
1: So Wharton kind of gave the gave the game away later. She wrote an introduction to the nineteen thirty version in the nineteen thirty. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. 19- right? So, but here's what she says. Right. People he asked her what the book was about. She wanted to critique a frivolous, the frivolous the frivolous society she grew up in. And so she says, a frivolous society can acquire dramatic significance only through what its frivolity destroys, i.e. Lily, right? Its tragic implication lies in its power of debasing people and ideas. The answer was my heroine, Lily Bart, right? So the answer of how do you critique a frivolous society without making that critique itself frivolous is to show what these frivolous, shallow people wind up destroying, which is Lily Bart's innocence. She's innocent of everything they accused her of, of everything that ruined her status. Most people in that social circle knew that. They just couldn't pay the social cost to continue to be associating with her, even though they kind of knew, like, oh, that, it, it's interesting. And I think, like, that's that was probably the most important quote I have here as far as what the book's about.
0: but i mean later on the book i had this 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 um kind of passage highlighted and it goes into sort of the price Lily's talking about the price of this life um and and she lists all the things that you have to do you have to go to their dinners you have to drink their wine you have to smoke their cigarettes you have to use their carriages you got to use their cars um the girl pays it by tips and cards too and all she plays the bridge and all all the things you have to do if you don't do any, one of those things you might get kicked out of this world right so you got to do all of them and then a little bit uh farther along she goes doesn't sound very amusing does it and it isn't i'm sick to death of it and yet the thought of giving it up nearly kills me it's what keeps me awake at night it makes me so crazy for your strong tea she's not that's talking to a kind of a character who's uh, compared to Lily much more plain. Um, She goes on from that. And that's, that's kind of the tragedy of it. She's, she's -hmm. addicted to it. She, um, she can't pivot to something new. She can't, this is what she kind of knows and what she's actually, she's pretty good at the game of, of this society with, Mm -hmm. with a couple Uh, exceptions she's not cutthroat enough she's not willing to throw other people under the bus she's not she i think she has um kind of too much pride to sort of just because she has offers like we said to marry a very rich boring person that she wouldn't really like or enjoy she could have yeah she could easily have stayed in this world Um, well and
1: had she not lost her money had she just inherited Money, she would have been fine, but it's the fact she her both her parents died and they mm. she lost the money. Um, that that's kind of her, yeah, she could have kept afloat had she inherited a bunch of money on her own, but she didn't have that. She had the taste for the lifestyle, but not the resources, basically.
0: And she, you know, um, there's a big part of the book with her, uh, not big part, but uh, her kind of wealthy aunt. Who she gets on the wrong... Kind of on the wrong side of. Uh,
1: her stuffy old aunt.
0: Yeah, her stuffy old aunt sort of buys into the rumors about her. And mm-hmm. doesn't really... She hears... yeah, He doesn't him will himself. her that much money. <laughs> essentially. He basically
1: uh, gets disinherited from her aunt. Because she, she stood to inherit money when her aunt died. And her aunt never really got it either. Mm-hmm. Her aunt was kind of a you know, stuffy old woman. And she was shocked to hear that that the rumors that
0: Lily was gambling, you know, yep. like that just shocked her. And and it, and series owed, of things and owed quite a bit of money and yeah, those are all true. <laughs> um, but, but it just got back, and the aunt interpreted it in the
1: worst possible way, and the aunt dies, and then Lily is basically
0: disinherited. So yeah, it,
1: due to rumors. It, which
0: I love. I love a book where the the agency of like the main character gets like oh their whole life gets off track. It, it's very dramatic. It's very tense. It's a lot. Stuff just starts happening to you. You're like, Oh, she did not intend for that to happen. You know, mm-hmm. she didn't see those consequences coming on and it just sort of kind of kind of snowballs from there in some sense, but it's really a like an effective when stuff starts to, uh, no. I don't know, kind of come back to her and, and, well, sad but it's also makes for you know good, yeah. good storytelling i think well, that's the secret to good drama you can't yeah. just have a book where everything
1: goes perfectly for the character yeah
0: yeah um but yeah there's i don't know i it was um it does have i mean it does what do you think of wharton as a, a writer is it she's good she's funny. good yeah she's subtle funny <laughs> it,
1: it's But for example, let me read one of these quotes I have. This is when she's kind of preying on Percy Grice, the lame mama's boy, right? (laughs) She had been bored all afternoon by Percy Grice, but she could not ignore him on the morrow. She must follow up her success, must submit to more boredom, must be ready with fresh compliances and adaptabilities and all on the chance that he might ultimately decide to do her the honor of boring her for
0: life. You know, no, it's uh, I mean, it does have that, that a little bit of that comedy of manners and stuff like that, but I think that's just studying the scene of, of where we are. Yeah, it's um, well written. She's she's um, but it is, it is funny, it's sad, very sad at the end. No, it, it um, it, you don't get your uh, your perfect love story there. Uh, you get the opposite of that um, but I think I mean this book when it, when it came out sold Did like
1: really well. crazy
0: mm. amount <laughs> it sort of it's her second book and it sort of made her uh, you know made her name a figure in the literary scene yeah. um and reading it you can definitely see why it's there's there's just a lot to unpack I think if I read it a second time you would notice things. You know, I think from the very beginning, stuff is getting layered in about how the how the world works and how certain characters are their motivations. And I think you would pick up on stuff and be like, "Oh, okay," because then you because there are quite a few characters, and it takes a little while to kind of um, realize who's who, I guess. And by Thank I think you. by that point, you might miss some of the individual traits that people have. Because um, yeah. you're introduced to so many people kind of in a short term, uh, period of time. Um, so I, I, I do think it would probably be, be uh, beneficial to reread it at some point, just to kind of oh, yeah. get all the, um, what Wharton's doing in this, in this kind of upper society and how she's dissecting people and how, you know, how, what are the rules of the game that you have to play by and all that kind of stuff. That's all in here. And I think, it, you know at any time since then there, there's you know similar societies where you're trying to get fame and well, not fame but like wealth and status and you have to go through hoops and you have to you have to think about your appearances not only of yourself but who you hang out with and all that kind of stuff and I just think that's sort of a timeless thing for certain people yeah uh, right
1: here's 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 my thoughts on that i think what what could be used Wharton paints her world, the world she grew up in and kind of moved in with kind of a very, very sharp eye, a lot like Don Powell did. Exactly, yep. I think that's kind of what the best novelists do, especially satires, certain types of satire are just really staring at your world and your circle and just describing it as you see it, stripped of any romanticism or anything like that. Just kind of here's people and what motivates them. There's no good guys or no bad guys. It's just how it how it goes down. And that's what Edith Wharton did to her circle. It's what Don Powell did in New York a couple decades later. And I think what contemporary literature needs more of are people to do just that. It's kind of what I was hoping fake accounts would be. It came close. I think it's from what it sounds like, is where Sally Rooney fell a little short. You've read her, I have. But what so what I'm saying is, to, to whatever your social milieu is, mm. just take a sharp eye to it and dissect it, kind of like this. It's easier to say than to do. You have to be really talented and a really good observer of human nature. But I think contemporary litfic has gone. The way of auto fiction and being in one person's head versus stepping back. Can you write five to 10 characters plausibly and get their motivations down and describe your world, your social setting through fiction, through a character being drawn through it? Or can you only get into a mannequin of yourself and just kind of meander around thinking your own thoughts on the page? does that make sense yeah that's kind of what
0: i think yeah. missing. i would add lily bart is she's flawed right and i think to, in uh, today's book she would have this like distance and she'd be the first person and she would just have all these witty things and she would have all the quote-unquote correct takes right about this
1: yeah would be in her head and she'd she i don't i think
0: that's where it goes wrong because lily bart is a Fully flushed character where she has thoughts where, where you're like, oh. that's kind of selfish, or that's kind of like, you know, whatever, but yeah. but they make for a well rounded, no, well, not, I don't know, well, but like there's multi levels to her. So yeah. she feels real and she doesn't feel like a talking piece
1: for exactly. something
0: important, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah well, and who, who, it's not, yeah. It's not like we're all angels reading this. When Lily's
1: selfish, like we get it, we probably yeah, yeah. act the same way. You know what I mean? It's not. She's not. She's not extra bad. No, 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 no. And you kind of, I you get why she does what she does. Like I get it. I get it. And she actually, I probably would have released the letters. Like she's probably a better person than me. Push came to shove. Like I, I probably would have. You know, she wouldn't release the letters because it'd be yeah, have bad effect on people. You know, on other people. I I probably do
0: it to be honest with you, but she. It's the thing in life where I feel like too much of, uh, not too much, but sometimes you can get into a habit maybe as a writer where you're trying to write a book, which you know who your readers are, and you're going to appeal to them on the most basic level, right? You're going to have them say all the things about the certain topics and the certain politics, Um and they're all going to be the correct takes and they're all going to be like, oh yeah, we're all going to pat each other on the back and be like, oh yeah, we all think that way, right? In the uh,
1: House of Mirth, would uh, Lily Bart would have the right opinions politically. Yeah,
0: and they would all, but... you only what, be in her head. What makes it you know? so great is there's the, the conflict inside of her. Um, she, I mean, there is the criticism of I think in a modern telling of this, she wouldn't so desperately want to be a part of this high crust society, right? At the end of the day, I think oh, that's shoot. where her change would be, and she would see how silly it is. But in this book, she gives her life for, for it, you know, because of the mistakes that she's trying to to, to uh, be a part of this this kind of silly world, I guess. And I just wish there would be more stories where it's the characters are more vulnerable. Yep. Does that makes sense but yeah. it's not so the the not every character is very like sharp and quick-witted has like this this you know yeah they guard up all the time because I don't think people always have their guard up and they have conflicting thoughts and they have thoughts that are different you know I did I just wish there was a little bit I don't know when I'm reading no I don't know I don't Sally Rooney I don't want to like pile on but whoever um yeah. I, I just don't I don't like the trend of like oh I know who my readers are and they'll like this because this is the quote-unquote correct take
1: you gotta have a little more courage to well because yeah. what, what was doing what what happened to Lily kind of had to happen for her to make her point yep. about society back to the thing about the like. To show how frivolous a society is, you have to show what their frivolity destroys. So you would have to have the courage nowadays to have a character like Lily fully realized and to have that society kind of crush them or to have, I don't even, to have your, your heroine crushed by the mores and the, be, be a good person who follows all the rules and is a morally good person to be ultimately crushed by those moralizing people. I think you could do it because there are all sorts of flaws in modern modern society, especially well, kind of like the the Brooklyn literary, literary world. Mm. So a satire, an eagle-eyed satire of that world would I think be great. but I don't think it'd be received well. And I have a hunch. it's kind of uncharitable, and I haven't read all of literature. you know I, there might be stuff like I want out there. but I have a hunch, a lot of the people who go the journalism, to writing novels based in Brooklyn type book, you write that sort of thing. They don't necessarily have anything to say or want to critique the society too much. They wanna to belong to that society. And so what you do is you write auto fiction where everybody kind of has the same morals and looks down on the same people. And that's the extent of your story is, hey, we're all in this together and we all look down on the same people. Yeah. I wrote a book. versus. I, so, so I guess what I'm getting at is I don't think the type of people who write lift they, they want to be accepted into the society that they would need to criticize, but that criticism would make it would almost defeat the purpose of writing a book. Yeah. in Their eyes. Maybe I'm being uncharitable, but I think I have a hunch I'm right about a good chunk.
0: I, I think too. They they also I don't know. There's there, there's a lack of humor. There's a lack of. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But it presents itself that that social milieu is ripe for parody. I just don't know that.
0: Uh, Make a good point. Yeah, I don't
1: know because you can mock those people pretty. You know, it's there's low hanging
0: fruit. But I think there's a balance between just mocking, which I think some of them do, where it's just like, oh, I'm out, I'm out here yeah. and I'm mocking. But what you really lose with that is this book would be not as good if Lily wasn't such a conflicted character or if there wasn't a character like Selden or there wasn't characters, you know, there were a variety of different people who on the, on the outside don't look that different, but they actually have different motivations. Right.
1: And Wharton gets into their, gets into that.
0: Yeah. yeah. But if you're just this sort of like, Oh, let's make a general claim about it. I think it just, yeah. oh, i think then you're we're all just patting each other on the back and saying oh look how silly this um these people are in this world is which it does that but you were all kind of like i kind of get why you want to be in this world
1: (laughs) you don't have to work
0: you don't have to work you go to europe you go into balls you're hanging out with other not all but some of them are attractive people and it's you know you're like oh this is why wouldn't you like that world? Do you I want to go
1: to my yacht to cruise the Mediterranean? For that, a
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Or do you want to work at a factory? Yes. I'll go on the yacht. You know, you get, you totally get why she doesn't want to work at a factory. Yes, it's, it's, yes, you know? yes. So. But you're right. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be mocking. It, what, what Wharton does pretty well is she subtly satirizes the whole milieu, and she she wraps it up in a story. It's a it's a tragic love story, but it, it's it's everything she wants to do critiquing society it's wrapped up in this kind of will will she wind up with selden will she marry rosedale you know it's
0: it's it's
1: a romance plot loosely
0: my final point is and this is why i think this book works is instead of just it's easy it would be easy for us to just um criticize lily for wanting to make these decisions to stay in this or to you know just to criticize the high society or whatever but what Uh, Wharton does is she actually cares about the reasoning behind why, why would she ask, she kind of asks herself, why would you want to jump through the hoops per se to stay in this world? Which, which I don't think a lot of contemporary novels do that often. They ask, they just criticize the person for jumping through the hoops. They never ask, why would you want to do that? Um, And I think that's that's the key is to, you know, as a writer, think about other people, why they do things. <laughs> Don't think about why yeah. you would do the thing. Not
1: just, yeah.
0: But why, why do people do certain things that seem on the surface to be self-destructive yeah. and har- all these kind of things? So.
1: Well, that should, and that should be a basic tenet of a good novelist, right? And there's another thing you've kind of gotten away from. Yeah. You know, you have care, plausible characters that are, other than yourself exactly you you can even disagree with them but you render them plausibly
0: you create (laughs) motivations for them you create backstories you create all these things and that's what this book does it does that very well so um did you i didn't have any sort of takes on adaptations i know there's a jillian anderson Uh, one
1: so yeah i was about a week or two away from finishing the book and I was flipping through and I saw that the an adaptation was streaming and I was like good I'll watch that before we record the episode great you know it's available and then I finished it and I looked for it maybe a couple of days ago and it was gone oh no it was just gone! and that's why you always make every time you see my DVD collection you always make fun of it <laughs> it's like that's why people have it because you don't just they don't just yank your DVD collection right yeah. now so how some work with Jillian Anderson and I I
0: believe Eric Stoltz is Selden. somebody like that. Okay. I
1: think, I think it's think it's ripe ad-
0: for another uh adaptation. We could do it. That, that one it. I think came out 20 years ago or something like I think yeah, 2000. I'm going to uh, if it pops up again I'll watch it. But it this thing, Yeah, it's totally ripe for another You I'm could You, the the, BBC you could um, adapt it from that time period or I you can uh, kind of I, I don't know if you would. It'd be tricky to mess around with it a little bit too much, but um. So anyway, I didn't really have any takes about who I'd want. I think um, a mini series would be good because I I think yeah. it's it's kind of an episodic nature of a novel. There's there's kind of set pieces. They're they're at this dinner or whatever, and then they go to Europe, and then they, you know I think there's there's the potential for like a mini series or something. Oh yeah.
1: I think you could yeah. do it, or a short little BBC thing, three long episodes or something like that. Yeah. I'm surprised it hadn't been done. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, um, I Lily part, uh, at the end of the year, when I look back, I think she'll be one of the more, not my, not one of my like favorite characters per se, but one of the most, the one that will kind of, uh, most memorable, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Characters.
1: This is uh, we'll break out. We, we've talked about it a couple months ago. We'll do the book Oscar thing.
0: Yeah, but I would say Lily Bart, as far as creating a a uh, memorable character, a rich character, I think you can have a lot of different thoughts and feelings about her um, and her choices and all that kind of stuff. I think there's a lot to delve into with her. So, yeah. well, uh, and
1: this this is up there with the Don Pows as one of the better books we've read this year
0: yeah i agree
1: wicked pavilion very good yeah you there.
0: yeah the wicked pavilion it's not it's it's a different kind of book but you can see a there's a kind of a lineage there between the two um not not just in like new york or whatever but sort of the satire and the world building type stuff so anyway uh i don't have any i think i've kind of given all my uh thoughts there uh on uh the house of earth i highly recommend it It sounds like you highly recommend it matt um any final thoughts any final quotes anything
1: (gasps) there were some ones i thought were well worded but um let's see Selvin says to Lily at one point it's part of your cleverness to be able to produce premeditated effects extemporaneously there you go the only way not to think about money is to have a great deal of it that's also you know yeah stuff like it's full of it it's very dense, it's very worth your while halfway worry, we made it a little too boring but it's not <laughs> oh, oh, it's, probably, it's very, but, uh, very, good. I, very we... worth
0: your while if, if if you're kind of hesitant because you think it's stuffy and you think it's, eh, it's actually very entertaining very memorable character um tragic it has a lot of different elements so it's not i, I would i i would recommend it to people who are hesitant even to to give it a shot um,
1: yeah
0: and i think i think they'll like it so
1: mm-hmm.
0: i would agree um coming up we are reading a ton of books right now um but i think probably the next book that you'll hear us kind of delve into is the novella the turn of the screw by henry james part of our spooky october uh books um so that be on the lookout for that um we just picked our new seasonal book we i i think we have like three books going right now yeah um so there's a
1: we're,
0: uh, yeah we're on pace we're on pace I got I got up uh, coming up I got some new uh, fiction reviews uh, so be on the lookout for that just to let you know this is more positive I know my first two were uh, very negative with Sally Rooney and Richard Powers uh, but I read one that I can highly re- recommend so uh, listen uh, I'll probably talk about that next time so be on the lookout for that as I, I'm just a reading Jonathan Franzen's new book, too. Are
1: you really? Yes.
0: Man, and piling it on. I kind of like it. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I, I'm not. That was the thing with Franzen.
0: Yeah. So, so it's a little bit. It's, I feel that. like he's an author where uh, you say you like him and people judge you, but say love you. I kind of like right. yeah, I'm I not saying the greatest American author and this is the greatest American <laughs> book or whatever, but. Uh, mm-hmm. As of just kind of a family drama, it's kind of entertaining. Good, so good. I'm curious to hear your your thoughts on it. Yes, yes. Uh, we're on all the uh, your normal social media, social influencer stuff: Instagram, Twitter. We have an email account. Get in contact with us at any of those. We leave all that information in the bio of the episode. And tell us what you're reading. Uh, if you've read House of Mirth, let us know. Um, yeah. If you've read more Edith Wharton. Where does this compare as far as your favorite or maybe, you know, Ethan Fromm or Age of Innocence um, is your favorite. I am definitely going to read more of Edith Wharton. Uh, I like her. Um, I think, you know, it's not one of those authors where I dip in, kind of like it. And then I just never go back to it. Definitely coming back to Edith Wharton. Uh, May nominate her again in a couple months. So we'll see. So uh, be on the lookout for uh, new episodes about all the kind of cool books we're reading and all the nominations we do for monthly stuff. Uh, Matt, any final thoughts, wisdom? Look out for the, the patron. Patreon. We just released books. a new episode about football. Matt yeah. put on a shirt and uh, we put on put shirt. Those are fun and we have uh, our Patreons are picking a football book for us to read. So,
1: mm-hmm. like, on that. Join up if you want to vote on which football book to read, do a read-along. Exactly. Yeah, and I may or may not wear a shirt for the next football episode.
0: You'll only find out if if you join our Patreon. So, exactly. That's what they call a tease. All right. Thanks for listening with Dr. Sid. Bye.